Hello, everyone. Podcast. What are you, fucking retarded? The views and opinions expressed on this podcast aren't reflections of I'm Not a Rapper, MBMMC, Dollar Tree, Black Hitler, Food Stamps, Tyler Perry, KFC, and the Jewish people. All right, and we're back with a bonus edition to the podcast. Uh, we're here uh, via Skype live from Egypt with uh, director Sean Fahey. Uh, he directed uh, the movie Bellout, which is the opening film for the, the, the uh, Philadelphia Independent Film Festival 5. Hey, Sean, what's going on, man? Hey, guys, how you doing? Very good. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Cairo right now? Yeah, I'm in uh, Cairo working on a on a film project called Beyond Tahrir. Uh, a year ago, a fellow filmmaker and co and, and co creative and a group of guys traveled to Tahrir for the revolution. Uh, they filmed in Tahrir Square around day 20 through like the 25th and um, along the way they met this guy named Gihad Saif who uh, is a revolutionary shit we lost him hold up yeah I'm here sorry about that I think our, our Wi-Fi here is a little dicey it's all good so uh I think we cut off right when you were talking about uh, who you were meeting up with, the revolutionaries. Yeah, we're, we're here with a revolutionary. Voted uh, for the last day. We went into the polling place, filmed the voting. It was incredible, very emotional. Uh, it's like a nervous excitement about what's going to come up these elections there's a lot of people who are disenfranchised as well of course you know the Muslim Brotherhood feel like they don't have a election anymore uh, a lot of people think she may have rigged the vote somehow and it's getting really interesting it's semi-provocative but it, all in all the people in the street are very excited uh, we're excited for them you were talking last night on your live stream about uh, one of the candidates who everybody was saying is basically a shoe-in. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, that's right. It's, oh, yeah, his name is Shafiq, and yeah, he is pretty much the shoe-in now. What, is this the military happened? guy? Yeah, the, a lot of people speculate that he has such strong ties with the, the military that, I mean, there's no, like, fact that they have anything to kind of do with any kind of election rigging or anything like that, but... Or if they had anything to do with really the disbanding of the parliament, because really what they found was that the parliament was unconstitutional. Uh, but then that's weird because the constitution really hasn't really even been written yet. It's, it's a weird kind of thing. Their constitution is getting written sort of ad hoc post-election. Uh, and some of the guys that I'm with here, we were, we were talking about this, and I'm learning as I'm going a lot of the ways. And I gotta tell you, it's really humbling to be out here and kind of learn this as it's happening immediately. It's all very immediate. And one thing I know for sure is when you talk to people on the street, you know, no matter what happens, you know, Monday is going to be an incredibly interesting day for sure. <laughs> and there's like there's talk that people might be taking to the streets again. Those that are unhappy because they haven't had their voices really heard, they feel like they've been kind of pushed aside in this whole election process. And we'll find out. We'll find out on Monday if Shafi gets in. That could very well happen. Wow. Um, what's the what's the security like? You were talking about the feelings of the people, but. You know, security seems, I mean, there, it's clearly there's tight security all over. We're being very, you know, we're aware of it. And we're being very respectful of it and humble to it. There, you know, there's this, that that thing that exists, as you know, in countries in North Africa and the Middle East and whatnot, yeah. where they get a, there's a, such a negative connotation to a Westerner with a camera just because of how our mainstream media have portrayed uh, you know, North Africans and Arabs in, in just such a negative light, you know. And, and that's something that we respect for sure. But from that, we were waiting for some media clearance, which we, you know, are getting granted and whatnot. And we feel pretty comfortable while filming all week. I don't think we have any concerns. Who do you get your media clearance from? Is this coming from the military government who is currently in control in Egypt or... 
mean, yeah, it's it's well. I mean, the, the fact is they are controlled, but there still is like a bureaucracy that's set up. So there's rules to follow. There's still like departments that handle like media and whatnot. So you know, our people were acted as facilitators to ensure that we would have a safe production while here. I mean, a beautiful thing about this, which you know, I was a guy that we're with, Ahmed Rahab, who's kind of an expert on what's going on with this right now he was just telling me in a conversation how he wished that he would have had live streaming capabilities last year because last year in Tahrir he was on the front lines and you know we've all seen the pictures and how impactful that was and we've noticed that there's been an evolution in that form of kind of open source live streaming journalism that exists through the Occupy movement and Perhaps that's going to happen now. If there's a second uh, crowd swelling in Tahrir, that this could be what we do this week. Who knows, though? You know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Wow. Wow, man. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Um, well, that's really cool, man. Be safe. Can you? Do you want to talk really quickly? Just briefly explain your documentary that you're working on there. Um, and if you want, tie it tie it into bailout too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's easily done, actually. In a, in a in a lot of ways. So, Tahrir Beyond Tahrir deals with. Oh, we're watching. By the way, we're watching uh, Poland playing the Czech Republic. <laughs> smoking in our smoking some narghila in a nice. bar after a long day of filming. It's late here. <laughs> uh, beyond Tahrir, we you know we're going to be focusing early on on what happened with the revolution but we're talking about really the election and the people and kind of this moment in time that's critical in the history of uh, the region in Egypt and for the people of Egypt you know everything's at stake in this and in this we're going to follow a, an amazing man wonderful character a good friend of ours now uh, has an incredible story uh, from being a revolutionary to now voting for Shafiq as his way of actually continuing the revolution in his own mind. Like, he, he's voting for, he's taking the popular vote, but in a way that he can kind of still effectively be a revolutionary. Once he's in, he wants to just watchdog that guy and ensure that, you know, democracy's met, that this that things run, kind of get back to a sense of normalcy. A lot of people here feel like they need a sense of normalcy, you know? So we're kind of ex- we're exploring that. Um and we're kind of being homogenous to what's happening on the streets so in a lot of ways this is a very organic process while we are following this guy we'll be following other people we'll be talking about uh, Mercy and Shafiq the two candidates we'll be talking about the uh, liberal secularists we'll be talking about the Muslim Brotherhood and kind of so there's a lot of amazing discussions that are going to be a part of this and we hope that this will be a great tool for the West to get a better sense of like kind of what's going on in the region huh. and we're going to try to show some humanity and it's what's really you know as you do I suppose yeah and you know you did that very well in bailout, bailout my friend uh, that was one of my favorite things of bailout was was the relationships between the friends uh, in the movie and kind of how yeah, I mean, the respective of, of their own thing, you know yeah I was saying the retrospective of their life and being able to have this really individual human element in your film in in the landscape of a film that has a large topic like talking about the the mortgage crisis and the bailouts. Yeah, well, yeah thank you. I mean, it was a challenge for us for sure. And you know, one thing that we've noticed, you know, in paying respects to all the films that inspired us, like Capitalism, a Love Story, and Inside Job, and just the name of two yeah but well, these films did a wonderful job of kind of educating about kind of the systemic reasons for the events that happened in 2008 our goal was to really show like what happens to you know this guy on the street he loses his house you know or the woman who doesn't speak English who is forced into a loan that she didn't really understand and then loses her house you know these are common yeah, yeah, say that again. I said that... these are such common stories a lot of people know. So we wanted to show that, but we also wanted to, we used our road trip story and the kind of buddy movie aspect of the road trip story to kind of break up some of the harder things to take in and yeah. also to break up some of the heavier 
uh, educational content that we explore because it, in, a, in very many ways with bailout we want to use it as an educational outreach tool for everyone to get a better grasp on what the foreclosure crisis really means and what the frauds are that exist therein and then why they can you know people after they watch it can ask well why haven't people been indicted for these obvious frauds you know yeah and how wow well Sean I think um, we're going to have to let you go um, but I think I'll call you back can you um, if people want to check you out on your live stream as you're out there how can they do that go to ustream.com slash user slash beyond underscore top rear and you'll find us wonderful Sean thanks again man oh yeah hey, man. thank you so much brother dude stay safe I got I got tons of love I'm sending you out there man oh much love back at you brother I, I'm sorry I'm missing the festival it's breaking my heart but I know it'll be great oh you're not gonna miss it baby we're gonna Skype you in live on the IMAX let's do it you're gonna be bigger <laughs> than real life yo Sean I'll call you back in about five minutes okay all right There's nothing like waking up to the sun in your face Like, hey kid, let's play Today's the day, I feel great After a full night's sleep And a really cool dream about this bakery Eggs and bacon, please And a warm cup of tea with some honey Yeah, honey, milk and honey My buddies love it, I run them up My lungies up, never need a tummy tuck or dummy luck Gotta chuckle like something that's funny Cause life is wonderful Never let it trouble you, but when it do Remember the number one rule That this too shall pass So throw on that new ash Take your shoes off, put them Bare feet in the grass like Hey, you know what I'm saying? Just like It's a nice ass day outside Blue sky Not a cloud in it So go ahead Sing along I got a real good feeling Everything's gonna be alright, y'all Alright, y'all I got a real good feeling Everything's gonna be alright, y'all Alright, y'all Yeah Barbecue and maybe hop in the pool The truth is we got nothing to lose Except listen to tunes Stay cool and just taking the view Horseshoes, maybe open a brew Hope you know that you lose That's the move Yeah, let's go to the roof Roll a dude, take a moment or two Soak it in from the wind to the summit Sing from the stomach Sun it, keep your tongue in Don't let it run from you and say something You know nothing about Right out loud on the front of the crowd Settle down and enjoy what is coming World is a onion Pearl, keep it thorough, a hundred no front and high.
Hey, don't we miss having them around? Right? <laughs> <laughs> certain areas. He's certain areas. He ain't never went. I live there. in North Philly. It never left. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> World War II. The day after. They sell things like Swedish fish. Yeah. Oh, speaking Everybody of people that broke crack to America. Uh, Big Robbie, even though he had nothing to do with it. But, but, but if he's president, <laughs> all black people are And if you're voting for him, you are on crack. Exactly. Or something. Obama said that the, uh, the private sector is doing fine. Yeah, they disagree. So Big Robbie says, what, the private sector is doing fine? They know that like, Republicans are all for like small government and things of that nature. <laughs> if Mitt Romney becomes president, he will not have black fathers. Mitt Romney's going to get all this. No more character. No more. He'll do no more. Without a seat. Without a seat. Yeah, so he got it. He attacks President Obama, and he goes and says, yeah, President Obama thinks that we need more teachers and more cops and more firefighters. Why do we need that? What an asshole. Of course we need that. Of course we need more teachers. Like, duh. What was... So, what's the argument? That's all right, man. What's the argument that he was making? He was just basically that he doesn't want government spending. Yeah. The last government spending. Local government and all these foreign wars. Bring our troops home. There's like 90% of the, the, the government spending right there. Yeah. And legalized weed. That's and legalized weed. <laughs> I said it. Slurps is slurping. And thank you to our sponsor, 7-Eleven. Drones. Drones cost a lot of money. Drones are very expensive. Oh, not by weed 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. And stop kidding. Come on. I was about to say They might have something to Yeah, you never know. There's some heads in the corporate office. I want to you can tell it's after 420 people exactly the same place I, I, so, I want to go where I get condoms. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Do, do we need more teachers? <laughs> or can't yeah, we just, can we just do away with, with, oh, with that part of the yeah, government? Philadelphia like, just uh, gave all these teachers a pink slip like last yeah. week. I think, I think we need, I think we need more, more planning and more well thought out of how we're going to handle getting out of A, this financial crisis, B, the, the change in generations from the baby boomers now. We're taking care of them. Uh, I I don't think it's as simple as saying we need more or less of like a group of jobs. Yeah. I think it's you know frankly I think we need more people planning and coming together to figure out what the fuck we're gonna do. Yes. That's that's Rally what I would say. Or no. Well, let, let me let me. Dollars, you're still not gonna be good. You gotta make at least. 20, 30, 30. Well, let, let me let me speak from the standpoint of a small business, and you guys have all been in my business, and you know it's a small business, and I and I kind of live amongst these this quote unquote one percent um, based on that, which is a that, joke. Yeah, which is a total joke. Which is sort of the point I'm going to bring up is that I think there's a myth out there that. I think it was a great job by the Occupy group, but the reality check is the 1% that people are talking about, it's really the 99%, I should say, should be broken down into different groups. <clears throat> and from the argument that was made, this 99-1%, I fall into the 1%. And let me be real clear with you guys. One is I cannot afford my taxes. I cannot afford the property taxes that, you know, go on in the city of Philadelphia. I cannot afford to provide insurance for all my employees. Uh, and I cannot provide, probably most specifically, uh, a steady job environment that helps, you know, incubate the local community because of these things. You mind if I Yeah, come over this way. 
I, I think the, the, what they're talking about when they're talking about the so-called 1% isn't actually the 1%. It's actually like the 0.100th of a percent. They're talking and, about people who make $125,000 or more a year. No, really they're talking about people that make billions of dollars a year. Well, from the tax bracket standpoint, they're not. Because in the current tax bracket standpoint, I am taxed as high as somebody who makes a million dollars. And that's and, wrong. And, I know, I but that's not Obama's approach. I mean, no, it's and, not. And I don't know what Romney's approach is, but the approach, this, and, and again, it's a great piece of propaganda that the Occupy group put out that I'm fascinated with, that they're able to make this type of media frenzy happen on these numbers. It's fascinating. But the reality check is, it's false. It, it is, it's it is, really it false. is false. And, and, and I'm coming at this as a journalist because that's what I'm doing. And I've covered the Occupy movement probably since, you know, the very beginnings here in Philadelphia when it became important to me. Um, but it, it, it is about that point zero one hundredth of a percent. Great. You know, it, it's about the people that make millions upon millions of dollars a year off the back and sweat. Yeah, the Warren of, Buffett's you're talking yeah. about, the guys who and make, you know, pay less taxes. And, and really, it, yeah, definitely Mitt Romney. Exactly. You know, it's about, you know, the Walmarts, you know, the people up in Wells Fargo, you know, they, here's, you know, steal money from schools. Right, right. But my comment prisons. is this, is that... The tax, that, that situation shows pretty clearly that guys like me, like, first of all, taxes kill business. Yes. There's it's, just no two ways about it. Kills small business. It kills small business. It kills big business because you take that money out of the system. Like, for example, I have a capital gains tax I'm about to pay. That's $200,000 in taxes I'm going to have to pay for the sale of a piece of property. In that sale, I will now lose money. So in theory, I should never have sold that. No, Turn. Well, yeah, but I, I didn't have a choice. You know, the whole search. You know, so without getting too in depth to it, I think it's just way beyond. You know, this ninety-nine one percent rhetoric we're hearing it is. out there. It, it is way small beyond business it. has been crushed it has. In, in this economy, and I don't believe in any level that um, our current president, who I support, by the way, and, and I'll say this over the airs, I will vote for that person because I'm a socially conscious human being. Hey, for hey, the business hey. side, I'm willing to figure out how to slug it out. But that is exactly what I'm going to be doing. Hey, and and I had as many as 35 employees under our house, you know, and they don't have jobs. These people don't have jobs anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's not Mitt Romney's fault, in my mind. It's not Barack Obama's fault. You know, it's I see actually it more our the, fault. Well, it is our yeah. fault. Yeah, but it's also it's, it's, it's our fault. But where is it our fault? Is it our yeah, fault it, for voting fault. people? Because I think it's our fault for slipping a fucking Seven Eleven slurping cup. I, 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 I think it, I think it's our fault because we we've lost the the idea of resisting, and we've lost the the, the, the we need to be reminded that we have the power of no. You know. Yeah. I mean, but I also look at it too, and I and I, I listen to I, I, I'm, I'm a journalist myself, and you know we report on this stuff daily, yeah. and and I listen to the sort of you know the give back to you know the nation approach that the current administration, or I should say, let me say it this way: the progressive wing of the Democratic Party is maybe a better thing to sort of slip into this dialogue, as opposed to the Democrats, a Bill Clinton, who I don't see as a quote unquote progressive Democrat, no, him he as wasn't. a He's a he centrist, was, you know, Democrat yeah. in, in a lot of ways, better for worse. Um, and I think it's a problem. I, I really feel that, you know, you're looking at sort of the extreme to the left where suddenly, you know, the capital gains moves, you're looking at a 30, 45 percent capital gains tax, which is absurd. It, it is. And, and, and you're at, and they're, they're actually being taxed like three different times on those yeah. capital gains, which is absurd. Well, you get taxed by, in Philadelphia, first of all, there's something called a transfer tax in Philadelphia. I don't know how far off the mark we are here, but in Philadelphia, simply to do a real estate deal, you must pay the city. That's, that's stupid. That's like outright that's called, just dumb. Yeah. What's called corruption. Yeah, it, it is. It's where the city it messed is. up, corrupted itself, politicians, we voted them in, you know, year after year, for whatever reason, and it became corrupt. And this past city council in the city of Philadelphia is now flipped over for the first time in 19 years or 18 years, whatever it is, it's fantastic. The bottom line is, though, it is impossible to do business in this city. It is small yeah. business. Yeah. It is. You yeah. run a gross receipts tax in this city. That means if I make 100 grand, I'm taxed on 100 grand. Didn't mean that I lost 
55000 I have taxed on the gross receipts. It's disgusting. It is. It, just like the, the, the whole business, you know, uh, thing, you know, to get your business license to, to operate in the city, city is ridiculous. Well, you know, I mean, I can understand. I'll be like, honest maybe with you. Getting a business license is standing in line and paying 300 bucks. And the, the difference is, uh, and I'm grandfathered into it because I got my business license in 97, right? But now, this year, you have to go back every year and pay 40 bucks for that $300 license that you just paid. Right. Which is not so much the problem. The problem is if you don't pay that and then you get a ticket or you get a violation somewhere, you're immediately in court. So, which just starts taking on a whole different dynamic in this city. L&I shows up. All these people start showing up at your door looking for the flaws in the battle. And all of a sudden, you've got this thing going on with the city that has nothing to do with anything. It's because you didn't pay 40 bucks. It's, it, we're it's being held hostage as, as businessmen and as individuals and, and, you know, people were being held hostage. Yeah, you held back. It's, it's showing in the, the looks of the people and the behavior. The oh, absolutely. The, all, the, all that stuff is shown. Yeah. I will consume and stuff. Well, we look, speaking of bailout, the film that's leading off the Philly Independent Film Festival, the city, Philadelphia's foreclosure rate's one of the highest in the United States. And what we've noticed through our journalists is the effect of clustering in the city, which implies that people, neighborhoods, or people close together are clustering together for resources. Yeah. Which in theory is is a tribal, you know, cultural concept that to me just decimates the concept of urban living in, in so many ways. You might as well just start throwing up walls around neighborhoods. You while might, you're at might it. as well. Grow your own food, print your own currency. And there you go. We're going to have little tribes, you know, amongst Fun. Philadelphia, and everybody's going to fight, or we'll band together, you know. You've got this resource, I want it, I'm going to come take it. That's the next step. It, I mean, it, it is. Way, in, unless, unless we, you know, we, we start resisting collectively, you know, these things, you know, and, and all of the things. And don't, you know, target, you know, you know, middle, you know, you know, middle, what I would term, you know, middle upper class people, you know, or even upper class people. You need to target the very rich, the ones that are funding these politicians. You know, for, Obama took forty million from Wells Fargo. I see. I disagree. I mean, the thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing for me isn't like rich people aren't bad. It, it's you it's, know, there's a concept the called conscientious capitalism. You and know? I, I and would, if you can be a conscientious capitalist, and I can make fifty million dollars a year, and I can hand out X amount of dollars to. I could walk around here and hand out five grand to 50 people and have 50 people start a business. You know, so there's good concept yeah. behind being wealthy. Yeah. And yeah. there are a few yeah. out there that are clearly bastardizing the system, taking the money. But I don't think, like, I think this sort of attack on the rich is, is going to backfire. Because this country, it, everybody, it's, this whole country's built on the concept of you know, self-sustainability, capitalism, you coming in and being able to live this dream. It's the taxes, this other stuff that really tamps down on the capability of all of us to be able to actually run and start a business. It's, it's, it's too hard. It is. And it's a labyrinth. In, I mean, look, we're in Philly. I mean, I don't know what it's like in Detroit or Oakland. or you know, It could be the same or worse for all I know. It's generally pretty much the same all across the nation. You know, but, you know, also in the same... Does it show more the collapse of big cities and the concept of, you know, urban living like that than, than anything else? I... I want to say no. Um, I, I want to say that you know the idea of communityism and, and building communities like this is a positive thing, and in some regards, we're moving in that direction to, to better that. But in others, you know, it, it's a matter of you know just too much government yeah. and, and too much government interference in the lives of individuals. You know, um, you know, I don't like the idea of you know proper person. But at the same time, you know, we shouldn't be stepping as a government outside of the bounds that, you know, the Constitution provides for us, you know, in that regard. The, the Constitution isn't, you know, uh, a you know, power authorizing, but a power limiting document right. for, for, you know, the federal government and even state governments. You know, the, the, the federal government has really three, um, four jobs, I would say. A, to interpret the Constitution. B, to coin money. And um, 
to you know prevent you know invasion and protect the rights of uh, of individuals. You know, and that's pretty much where it stops. You know, and we've gone so far beyond that. Our government has become so bloated that you know, without this you know overwhelming taxation, there is no you know funding. You know what we've created. Where do we draw? Go ahead. I'm talking about you mentioned about you know protecting from invasion. How do you feel about or you guys all feel about Obama passing? Uh, I guess for illegal Mexican immigrants to stay in the country for two years if you're under the age of 30, but you have to go to school and, you know... I, I, I saw that the other day, you know, I, I happened to be passing, you know, someplace that had CNN on, and I saw that, and I I don't have a problem with immigration, mm -hmm. um, what I have a problem with is illegal immigration. Yeah, I mean, and I guess, you know, you, know, you look at the opportunity that this country brings, and I've traveled around the world, and I can tell you right now, it's the only country I've, I've, I've always come back. I've always come back to this country, because it is really the best country, in my mind, to live in it, it as, is. As, as a citizen. I'm sure the French love their country, and I'm sure, you know, people from Egypt love their country, whatever, but I feel, you know, the United States is the place to be. I guess the only thing I would say is that in, in immigration, I would love to see the sort of repatriation of people and, like, see, like, a process that brings people in and not treat these people as criminals because yes. they're looking to escape, you know, uh, political pressure, obviously, but clearly economic disparity. I mean, I, I, totally I mean, agree. it's tough here. I mean, I look at some of the neighborhoods in Philadelphia that are tough neighborhoods, man, but you're looking at cities. You know, like, imagine this entire city being the toughest neighborhood in Philadelphia. I mean, it's so different that <laughs> if I were in their situation, mm. I'd be getting out. Yeah, I, and I totally, totally agree with that. It doesn't mean it, I would say that I uh, have a right to your resources and you know, I, your services. I, 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 would, I would advocate personally, A, you know, not, you know, deep, you know, putting these guys in jails, you know, and separating families. Um, I would also advocate a, a simplification of the immigration process. Because I, I, I'm not an immigrant, but I'm, it, you know, judging from other bureaucracies, there's probably a mountain of, of paperwork as high as Everest to go through, you know, to get, you know, into this country legally. You know, I don't like, e you know, outright illegal immigra immigration where, you know, criminals, uh, you know, sometimes are allowed into this country and, you know, and things like that. There's, so there's, there needs to be a process by which, you know, things well, are that's vetted. that's what Cuba did. Didn't they, like, dump their jails? And Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. They they over to Florida. It's really nice and sunny there. And that's what you call a Scarface. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and Miami is not Miami anymore. It's little Cuba. Yeah. Or it's new Cuba. New Cuba. Well, you, you, right. You, you spoke about, uh, like, Sorry, taking, uh, like, taking the money away from, like, the, uh, uh, the wars and, like, the uh, funding of, like, the secret wars. Uh, what do you think about Obama uh, taking his uh, uh, secret trip to Afghanistan? So, you know, and feeding them dreams and selling hopes, you know, uh, going over there and telling them, you know, we're, uh, we're working on getting you guys out of here, you know. It, it's total, it's total bullshit. I see, I see it where I, first of all, from the Afghanistan standpoint and, you know, without looking at sort of the, you know, the decades of history here with Al-Qaeda and all this type of stuff, um, you know, I, I feel like this country needed to go there. I think clearly we were diverted into Iraq for other reasons, you know, at the same time, <laughs> instead of sort of taking care of business in Afghanistan, then going to Iraq, if that's what the game plan was. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I think though at the end of the day, you know, when you look at Obama and this, this whole concept of upping the drone war and, you know, I, I think they're using the Kosovo, you know, sort of model, you know, which means, you know, less boots on the ground means less dead Americans and, you know, less, you know, issues to deal with back on the home front. Um, but I believe there are people, and this is just my personal opinion, I do believe that there are people out there that are looking to destroy this country. Whether we deserve it or not because the last hundred years of imperialism or whatever the heck it is, the ground check is, they're going to kill Americans because we're going to you know, supposedly get what we deserve. So the question is, 
for example, watching Obama hand the carrot over to Iran when he first came to office and sim from then to now. You know, nothing. Not only nothing, there's an escalation in the violence, an escalation in the rhetoric, there's an escalation in, you know, the demand and thirst, you know, quench for power. They're building submarines now. They're threatening uh, UN nations to be wiped off the map. Like, this is the type of stuff that a progressive politician, it's interesting, if you look at history, you'll find that the Democrats are the ones who have gone more to war uh, than the Republicans. Um, So I I don't see the difference between a Republican and a Democrat Democrat in a situation like this ever, frankly, and I don't, Obama's just holding that up, you know, and, and proving the point. So, you know, my opinion is that we needed to be in Afghanistan, you know, and we needed to do what we had to do. I would have struck in Pakistan if I were Obama the way he did and not worried too much about Pakistan and their news, especially when I know on the other side of their mouth they're thinking they've got India to counterbalance Pakistan. So they're doing their thing. I mean, I do feel that Obama is pulling people out. And, uh, you know, I'm going with that, you know. I mean, we're over here talking like armchair pundits, you know. The reality is the reality over there. But look, I see this guy's pulling people out and, like, making the moves to get out of there. Struck in Pakistan. I thought it was wrong of him to take the credit for it. He really should have, like, credited the United States military. He should have thanked George Bush, I hate to say. I hate to say that, but he should have done that. You know, and they should have moved on. And that was it. There's no gloating. Like, they, they gloated over that. And it, it was said that weird. He called Bush first. Though. He said the first person to call. Is that what he did? Bush. All, all the press. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all the press and media. I mean, I guess the way it got out into the mainstream media was that. I mean, I didn't even hear that. You're yeah. telling me that for the first time. Yeah, so he called. Uh, I would have been real clear, you know, on what it was, and I would have gotten out of the media. And like, there is no need. You know, people are waving flags and burning. You know, burning yeah, flags. In front and it's of the like, White House. Like in front yeah. of the White House. Just like guys. Like people are getting killed here like this isn't something you know it's like what would have happened if we assassinated Hitler I mean I think they tried to kill him like 30 times yeah. like what would have happened if one well people would have poured into the streets the war probably would have been over but we don't fight in those type of wars anymore you kill bin Laden some other dude's head pops up on the internet Slovakian vodka with boppers, they poppin' Molly and Oxys, they graduated from Oxford. Black doctors, Huxtables, black scholars, black Oscars, black sponsors, Rastafarian, Marcus Garvey and Bob Marley and Shotters, Calamari in Palermo, eating gelatos with Juliana, her body shaped like a bottle, she say I'm a May Milano, I'm about her forever. Hugh Hefner, call me a lifer, caught in the cypher, fine dining the bitches, I'm blinded by Cougar Pussy, I'm fucking Michelle Pfeiffer's, Kaja Sose, influenced by bottles of rose and women with bad intentions, this closet is full of Dolce, this is Amore, in any weather, let's make a date, let's get together, let's spend a few days and hide behind shades, maybe the Palisades, Morocco or even Spain, these bitches keep telling me that I'm vain, I tell them that all of you are the same. I told her why all of these niggas change, I'm the same Bitch, bend over and give a nigga some brains I am Floyd Edward, Victoria's Secret model Get her hotter than pepper, I'm charging by every letter She partying in the weather, Giuseppe's is fully leather I told her my shit is vintage, I'm feeling a little fresher Case closed in Mexico, spinning pesos Take with the hoes and call her Jose Canseco Lay low with a Filipino at Glow in Miami She be tweaking the nostrils from Arleo Slow, I ain't rushing, I got some time to chill A couple shots of that Russian vodka triple the still it Still is the biz like Marquee We still catch thrills, my name in the marquee We hardly sleep, we cheapin' like Bob Marley At the party, we actin' highly Selassie With some Harajuku women, they rockin' some new Harajis I grew up sloppy, awkward and knock knee But look at me now, I'm in the top three In the copa room, low lights and hot tea Only the gorgeous women get the hot seats In the copa room, low lights and some hot tea Only the gorgeous women get the hot seats Sammy
Battlefield now, though, where both, and I can't speak for the U.S. military, I can't speak for any other military, but both of these battlefields take place in urban areas. You've got people, you know, setting up rockets and missiles in residential neighborhoods, you know, and using it as the guys that were here to help the local citizenry. Oh, by the way, I've got this, like, rocket launcher in this backyard over here that's going to go whack, you know, my enemy. So we attack that rocket launcher. And, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a missile explode, but if you exploded a missile in here, everybody in this entire park would be hurt. Yes, you know, and you're so right, and that's exactly why I have a problem warfare. with that. You can't do it. You, you, you can make things more targeted with ground troops. What you, what you create with this whole drone mentality is the desk murderer. You know, as um, the author of Banality of Evil, you know, called Eichmann. That's exactly what we're creating here ourselves. We're not just, you know, in the people with power, but also in the people that are controlling these drones. They are becoming desk murderers. You know, you sit behind a desk and murder is a fair you, enough thing. These guys are military, and we pay them to do the job. But, but not to kill civilians. When you kill civilians, kill civilians, it they're is not going murder. In, they're not trying to kill civilians. The, if my enemy sets up a rocket launcher in your backyard, and uh, let me tell you, it's not to say that they wouldn't slit your throat or cut you know, or, or shoot you dead. I hope they will call me and tell me to leave my house. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they, here's they a good example. No, they would tell you to have your family over there so that we don't attack them because there's a family there. If I'm living and next door, it should be the warning because I don't want to be caught in that bomb uh, pad. I, mean, I didn't look, do anything I mean, wrong, I'll give but. the Americans credit and I'll give other Western nations, they drop leaflets, they do shit. They're like, leave your home, we're coming. And, you know, the, I don't know what's worse, you know, frankly, you know, like me leaving my house, like on the run with a backpack and my three kids to God knows what. We're staying in my house and trying to save me and survive and hopefully some missile doesn't obliterate me. You know, I, I think, think I'd rather take the backpack. And then would you just say? Yeah, I probably would just leave. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but again, that's the situation. You know, some people... You can't leave. You know, like, I mean, I've got three kids. I can't imagine picking up a backpack and toting my five, eight, and ten-year-old to, like... I don't even think you had that much time. Well, I mean, if you're, like, if you're in Afghanistan and you're, like, I know the Taliban are, like, like, hold up in my village. I know they're coming. Dudes are going to get killed. People are going to get assassinated. It's going to go down. So, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't know if you've seen these villages, but, like, where are they going they go sleep out in the bush. I mean, like, they're as good as dead out there. My five-year-old's not going to live out in the bush. You know, it's still it, it, the, Maybe you will. it boils down to you know th this being you know partially our fault. We funded and created Al Qaeda, you know, to fight the Russians. You know, we taught them everything they know how I to know. do. Where did everybody get the guns and the weapons? Who makes those? You can get an AK-47 oh, yeah. from your store anywhere for 125 bucks. They tag them. Want some genius? Put some iPhone taggers on there so that they can trace. It. I mean, this way, if they really wanted to stop it, they could. You can't because well, first of all, you got China. Dumping cheap guns on the market. Yeah, the they, they, they copy everything. They copy everything. Yeah, and they dump them out. There's a Kalashnikov and there's a Chinese Kalashnikov. You know, they caught their yeah, I fired. I fired Kalashnikov. I fired the Russian-made Kalashnikov and I fired the Chinese Kalashnikov. It's the same weapon, except the, Chi the Russian one's three hundred bucks and the Chinese one's a buck and a quarter. And, and the, 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 the the nice thing about well, I'm going to get three of them for the price of one. The, the nice thing about the Kalashnikov is it's a seven. 7.72 millimeter round, which means that you can pick up darn near 
any round, you know, on the battlefield, with the exception of those from the A1, from 16A1. And using, you know, so if somebody, you know, you put somebody with an M60 or an M2, um, uh, M2, M250, I think it is, Bravo, um, you can just pick up that guy's, you know, ammunition and use it in your own way. It's the same thing. It's uh, 2003 or four, mm-hmm. and we got hired to go to the United States Senate to webcast live um, the Beastie Boys um, uh, discussing some type of charity event. And um, so we're, we're, we go down there, and of course, like we're, we're supposed to have lines, we're supposed to have connections for the webcast, and nothing's up. You know, they didn't even know we were coming, even though, like, there was contracts, everything there. We basically got there, and everybody looked at us like, who are you guys? So, like, right away, we knew we had a problem. So, we sat down, we set up, we met the Beastie Boys, like, we met, like, um, the senators involved, and we're desperately trying to do it, and it ends up where we ran this RJ45 cable all, all the way over to Senator Kennedy's office to try and get this, like his uh, press secretary helps us out to do this. We happen to have a 200 foot cable, so we're somehow, we were lucky enough to get it. And as soon as we got this done, they came on like five minutes early and we missed it. Missed the live event. Um, we recorded it and posted it right away, but they fired us. <laughs> fired. Like, they were so angry that nobody would talk to us. Nobody gave a shit that they fucked up and we just took the fall. But I'll tell you right now, everybody turned around and went, Your fault. Pointed the fingers at us, and for that reason, it was like my moment in my mind to like get down with the Beasties for the rest of my life, and it never happened. It's like I couldn't even, if I was you, I wouldn't even listen to the Beastie Boy record ever again. Well, it wasn't the Beasties, it was the people who were dealing with it. I mean, these guys probably didn't even know, but uh, maybe they did, but you know, it's just like the the promoters or people who were the the non profit were like wouldn't introduce us afterwards, like they they totally sold us out. We posted it, you know, we got it up, and then there, I think they said, like, one of the VCs, like, uncle or brother or somebody tried to get on live, and they couldn't, so everybody was pissed off. And meanwhile, it was like, all right. But it was cool to meet Senator Kennedy and hang out in his office, and I, like, he's, like, sitting on his desk, and I'm, like, under his table trying to, like, get this thing coupled up. It was so funny. So that was, um, that was, like, eight, nine years ago. And then, of course... Our man Adam died, so I'll, I'll never have the opportunity again. That came to my mind immediately. My one chance to meet the Beastie Boys. What did you, what was your question? What is uh, Fuck My Life Story? Fuck My like, Life Story? Like, yeah. your Fuck My Life Story, where you might have said, Fuck My Life, I need to sit on the couch. Talk to a therapist, because we're now changing it from Fuck My Life to the couch, because the couch, couch doesn't have anywhere to fuck it. Oh, man. Too many to mention. Yeah, I mean, shit. <laughs> um, I, had, I had quite a few of those last week. <laughs> Showing up with a moving truck with, oh, yeah. like, 16,000 16, square feet warehouse filled with shit and we can't get in the building. People are like, who the fuck are you? And we're supposed to rent the spot. Um, we packed it up after 15 years. We packed it up, got it into one van, rolled to the new studio. Two weeks of moving like, shit. And we had a deal on the table and everything. Um, we didn't exist. Man, all right, I got a, I got a funny fuck me life, fuck my life story. Um, 
I was. Yeah. This always fuck I was. Uh, I was working at the New York Times, and I had. I was the sound guy, so I was miking up like all these amazing people, all the like super big people. So one of the people we, that came in, and I thought she was super hot at the time, was Ellen Page. And man, dude, Ellen Page, right? And I'm like, I see her before I go to mic her up. And, like, she straight up, we, like, kind of made eyes and we kind of checked each other out. And I was like, dude, I'm going to ask Ellen Page out, all right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm feeling confident. I, I look good. I'm like, dude, I'm going to nail this right now. So I go up, go up to the booth. I grab my, I grab her mic. I come down. And I go to say my first thing to her. And I go, nice sweater. That's what you said? Like the gayest thing ever. And she looks at me. She looks at me like, oh, cute little fag boy. And, and I just was like, oh my god. I just blew it, dude. Blew it. Are you in therapy for that? Uh, no, but I should be. <laughs> you can ask my girlfriend about it. She probably would say I uh, should be. You asked the Juno chicken about it. She said she had a cute sweater. I said nice sweater. <laughs> and I said it like that, like with the lisp and everything. And then I and then I tried to like come up with like, hey, I'm, I'm actually straight. And I'm, but it was it was way too late. Yeah, it was. I'm like. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, once you throw the lisp in there, it's done. It was over. Once you throw the lisp in there, it's over. Yeah, that's super. The sweater was bad enough, you know. The lisp did it. You might as well have a following. Dude, I think I probably did. I think I probably did. Like, I was going to the man cave after that show. You was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna talk to the last time. Dude, right up. It's gonna be great. Like, all right, and then. And then I looked at her and I was just like, nice sweater. Why did I say that? Yeah, man, that's crazy. Honestly, yeah, that's really, that's weird. That's a terrible story. It was bad. Yeah. That wasn't like just some the chick that was. By the way, Ellen, I'm straight. I'd still be into it. I'd still be into it. You should come out and check out our festival. Yeah. Wear that fabulous sweater that you have. Yeah. So you say nice sweater. So guys, if you listen, if you ever comment a girl on a sweater, that's the first thing she's gonna think you're gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't go. Yeah, maybe, maybe just be. Let's not speak with a list. Yeah. Comment our clothing. Yeah, and be careful for saying the word sweater just in general. Yeah, it's kind of hard say to. Garment. Like, yeah, that's nice. Cool. Nice. You, you look cute in there. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Beautiful. Thanks for being here. You got some nice lips. Yeah. You got some nice lips. Well, that's that's exactly what I was thinking in my head. I wasn't thinking nice sweater. I was like titties. Like pregnant and all, I would hit it just like she would have said, "Wow, he's true." You would have won. Versus the gay sweater come. Forever going to be known as the gay sweater. In the oh man, in the exception, she was Yeah, she was. I don't know what she had. She actually, I remember seeing it, and she had a sweater that looked like it. Because I remember be, being in the movie theater and being like, fuck my life. She probably said, yo, I'm going to wear this sweater in the movie since I got a compliment on my gay guys. It's going to be nice. Yeah, it's not because you know gay guys, no fashion. Gay guys can dress well. <laughs> Best compliment ever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, I'd like to thank you, Steve. I'd like to thank you, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming out. Hanging out in Rittenhouse Square. In Rittenhouse Square. Thanks for pointing that out. You're the, he's the only one that said the location. Like, we're in Rittenhouse Square right now. We're outside recording. I just felt like I don't know if it's big. Feels, feels I don't know. It's cool. Look at all these people like, here, man. We're the only ones doing it. I know. We are. You got these, these two guys over here. We're playing the same song. three playing songs. Jimmy and Johnny. Next, next, next to, you know, a photographic, playing you know, a journalist slash so artist <laughs> and a, a pastel artist. It's <laughs> awesome. But uh, yes, we're actually trying to, to fund a, a year and a half long trip to um, go across the country and develop like people like grassroots movement based art. Cool. Sounds good to me. Before we go, we shall Yeah, one more time, Philadelphia Independent Film Festival, uh, starting next Wednesday, 7 p.m. 
Starting today. <laughs> Live. Where, uh, man, I'm about to go put on my clothes and get over there. I hope I have a nice sweater for it. Hopefully it isn't raining today. Yeah. Because we're not invaded today. Exactly. Russia doesn't invade us. Yeah. And we already know who the Egyptian president is. Really quickly, if you want to get ticket tickets, go to the Philadelphia Independent Film Festival.com, click on box office. There's a bunch of links there. If you're getting a ticket for a movie, just type in the movie you want and the venue and you can buy it right there. Um, you can also buy it on the fr- through the Franklin Institute and through the National Constitution Center. Um, you can also come to our box office starting today. Uh, through Sunday at the First Unitarian Church on 22nd and Chestnut. You will see me. I will have a mohawk on, so you can't miss me. Um, and, yeah, we have we have incredible films. You can check them out on our site, on our blog, and on our Facebook. Um, and, yeah, reach out. Please come and get involved. And come talk to us. If there's anything, again, buskers, filmmakers, just come, come hang out. And it's not... Attending a festival, you will be a part of a festival. Um, if you have any questions, you can call 267-702-421. That is uh, one of our Google voicemails, and it will go to either Ben or me directly. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Enjoy your day today, and come to bailout tonight. Franklin Institute. I just want to thank you all for having us here today. Really appreciate it. It's been awesome. Uh, I just want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started two businesses in this discussion. We saved the world. You know, we're doing art. We're talking politics. I and mean, this is definitely what we do. And uh, art. The, the breakup song 15 times. It's been awesome. And uh, I just wanted to thank everybody involved. Steve is a producer extraordinaire type of guy. He, like, makes things happen. This is all about doing it. This is all about people putting in hard work and making things happen. This is about DIY, independent feel, just like your station, just like our festival. We support that. So we expect and hope, you know, that you all get that. If you don't, ask us questions, what we're thinking about or what's going on and how we can help or vice versa. And we're willing to help, so just get involved. Yeah, and we need to thank uh, Melissa O'Donnell, Gabriel Vasquez, James DeFonzo, um, Ben uh, Bernard Glinkowski, Kelsey Hoffman, yeah, the Philadelphia Acting Studio, uh, Barbara McNamara, uh, Natalie Caruso Caravelli, um, God, there's so many people to list. Who am I missing? Chuck missing Trees. Some Chuck Rich Trees. Tina, oh, King yeah. Britt. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Trees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big yeah. Mike Chuck from Sugar show, Hill. Right? Yeah. Uh, hold on. i got to get these Everybody names out. from uh, Actual Records, Aaron Ruxpin, Pax, all the people that have supported us. My boy Joel years. Scott, who's running our street team. Um, Batcave, Batcave Radio. Um, General Tut, the master. Um, damn. Our families. Our families, all of our sponsors. SB1 Federal Credit Union, which is our first official sponsor. Derek Bailey over at the Piazza and Tower Investment Group. Um, Alex Bailey. Uh, Johnny Brenda's 700 Club. Honey Sit Meat. Um, Trussell Inn. Um... Norman over at the First Unitarian Church. For Take Action News, man. Take Action Changing News. The world. And absolutely, this man behind me who's screaming in the microphone, Ben Barnett. This has been this has been an unbelievable year with him, and an unbelievable fifteen years for Philadelphia, having him involved and doing all this stuff. He is relentless at what he does. He's dedicated, driven, and anybody who has had the pleasure of working him should be honored. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Good to see you all. All right. We'll see you next Saturday. We'll see you. Jay Douglas. <laughs> what is that? Hey, exactly. <laughs> see you uh, All right. Peace. <laughs>
my hand your name and my Grammy's bitch. My label tried to change me, well congratulations, now look what you made me, I done turned to a motherfucking beast. And I will go wherever you take me, but the only place you drive me is crazy, cause baby, the magazine said I couldn't blow like Rohan, now I'm making all my haters Earl no toe jam, that's with me and I am on your head like Zohan, Whipping through the city in the Phantom of the Opera Tell every interview and blogger So I dressed up in an old tux Smoked four blunts and I took a whole crux Buried myself alive and look what woke up And my ex-girl said I wouldn't make it Now she ass naked, revenge so sweet On her knees, make it taste it And I'm just saying What you ain't make is a dude from the mid What you run in 10 years just to get himself these big checks I am overkill, Cloverfield What's that mean? That, that just means that I'm a monster. Real monsters. Real monsters. Real monsters. Play it, play it, play it loud. Real monsters. Real monsters. Real monsters. Play it, play it, play it loud. Mom told me that I need to grow up. I was in the room trying to blow up. Could only get an A through trying to roll out. Turn up, turn up. To do it with the support And thank God that you didn't get that abortion And thank you for them J's Man, them shits are so important Homies laughing and girl done left me Just borrow money now, I'm owing like Jesse Same clothes under arms, smell zesty yeah. uh, But now I got a whole new sneeze Polo tees, matching draw, suck on knees And yes, the honey's all on me from the way I bees uh, Lil' Q, big street, which now couldn't be Can I sit him down, top dog, bow, wow, yeah, yeah. Girls gone bad, they gone forever yeah. But if she gone with me, then she gone the better yeah. oh. Me without you, that's the longest never Living like sunshine, man, we on forever yeah. Hey man, I've learned my lesson Got a good girl, count your blessings Instead of spending them up on sex And good girls don't grow on trees I was out in the world just messing yeah. With the bad girls getting refreshed in Got a call from my girl just left Good girls don't grow on trees I felt like it was yesterday The times we had that went away We're still young but of course we felt a lot Now I've been living like a villain that's been shot I met her through a friend of mine Who told me that this girl was fine I picked her up and I started to figure out There's more on the inside than on the What'd out she, she, she said don't bother me She told me that I had to leave I wanted her just to believe Amen, I've learned my lesson Got a good girl, count your blessing Instead of spending them up on sex And good girls don't go on trees I was out in the world just messing With the bad girls getting refreshed and Got the call from my girl just left The girls don't grow on trees Help me get my world intact She had my heart, I told her that Now it hurts every time I think about The very night 
night that I started with acting out The morning brought the painful sun Knowing now just what I've done She always was the better half for sure The part of me in life that I prefer That you know I got a motel cheap Whoa. I'm saying I know I don't deserve a Nobel Peace But damn, damn. I don't deserve to go to hell speech God. Don't believe everything you see up in the photo, photo. When I'm with you, I wish the time could move slow-mo yeah. The day I met your granny, I dreamed about a family Whoa. And maybe one day we'll turn a coop into a photo maybe. When good girls gone bad, they gone forever yeah. But if she gone with me, then she gone or better yeah. oh. Me without you, that's the longest never yeah. Living like sunshine, man, we on forever oh. yeah. Amen, I've learned my lesson Got the good girl, count your blessing Stay just spending them up on sex And good girls don't go on trees I was out in the world just messing With the bad girls getting refreshed And got the call from my girl just left Good girls don't go on trees Yeah, 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 if you meet a good girl What you gonna do, Chris? Take her home, take her home 